Good. I can feel your anger. I am defenseless. Take your weapon. Strike me down with all your hatred, and your journey towards faking Star Wars radio will be complete. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. The hate is flowing through us today as we tackle a question that's like a vein throbbing in Jabba's temple. Has social media killed Star Wars? Thanks for tuning in. Here's what we have in store for you. The Duel of the Fakes is here again. We have a poll to discuss. We'll announce the winner of our caption photo contest on Twitter. And we introduce a brand new segment with our news correspondent Darth Eckham from Star Wars Channel. Plus a pile of tasty hot surprises. My name is Storm Duper, and joining me again is my fantastic robotic assassin co-host, IG69. How are you, IG? Hello, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> if this is your first time listening, remember to follow me on Twitter at StormDuper or follow the site at FakingStarWarsRadio or FSW Radio. Like us and subscribe on Twitter and Instagram. You can also buy our t-shirts to support us at bit.ly, that's bit.ly, bit.ly, slash fswmerch. We have some fantastic new designs up there, and they make for some wonderful gifts. Well, um, IG, you know, it's interesting. Today we have a new segment, news segment, I use that, uh, as a pun, because um, we've been working for a while now with uh, Darth Eckham who runs uh, Channel Star Wars. Have you li- have you checked into that website at all, Channel Star Wars? Heard anything they do? Oh, absolutely. Great. Well, um, you know, Darth Eckham is a real nice guy. He's helped us out with some editing and done a, a whole lot of, um, you know, great work for, uh, you know, collaboration with Faking Star Wars as well. And he actually does a radio show where he uh, produces a news segment about Star Wars news. And he's agreed to, uh, you know, kind of... Jump into the podcast and produce a new segment for us as well. And so um, we're just going to go to Darth Eckham now, who has the weekly news in Star Wars. Hello and greetings to all you aquatic sentients on Moncala. This is Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you by Jeff Parr's Traditional Choir and Cuisine, Dr. Artos's School of Engineering, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. Marching in like the militia gung, I'm your host, Mike Mann. It's a trap! Disneyland Galaxy's Edge, unsurprisingly, has a few options of custom souvenirs patrons can purchase while visiting the Black Spire Outpost. From the custom lightsabers to the Builder Droid stations to now Jedi and Sith holocrons. Which can be lit up by the same kyber crystals used for the lightsabers. And as if that wasn't enough, as it usually isn't for Star Wars fans, CNN reported that a customized life-size astromech droid is available for the small, low, low price of 25,000 U.S. whoopies. And yes... They have already sold three in the first week. Cha-ching. The three-foot-five tall droid can be any color scheme desired. Multiple head choices and either a shiny new finish or a weathered experienced look. The custom master mech also includes all the bells and whistles, literally, and multiple light designs and patterns that are operated by remote control. Your astromech also includes a charger, but 
As writer Meghan Marples and Brian Rias stated, Disney magic only goes so far. The custom droids don't include shipping or returns or exchanges. There's also a 90-day shipping period, and only in the continental U.S. It's a trap! In other news, this week Marvel released the lineup for the third installment of their one-off Age of miniseries. In closing with the Age of Resistance, these four issues will include the story of Rose Tico and the bond she had with her sister Paige. Ray's first meeting with General Leia, more of the same with Kylo Ren's grandpappy issues, and finally, fans will get a small piece of a backstory of Supreme Leader Snoke as he begins to train Kylo Ren. Considering the films are the only knowledge of Snoke, this story is sure to please and disappoint. Come on, you know how Star Wars fans are. These will begin to hit shelves next month. It's a trap! And finally, a few other mentionable items. Mark Hamill began advocating for Carrie Fisher to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In doing so, we learned that either a person can pay 30000 U.S. whoopie to be considered for a star, or one can wait the five-year waiting period after death before consideration. Hamill also confirmed that, yes, Luke Skywalker will be in The Rise of Skywalker as a Force ghost. It's a trap! Hallmark will be debuting their yearly Christmas ornaments at San Diego Comic-Con this week. It's a trap! And Pablo Hidalgo pointed out that in The Empire Strikes Back, when Luke's lightsaber is stuck in the ice of the Wampa's lair, you can see the words New York behind the detail. It's a trap! That's all the time we have today. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for daily Star Wars facts and news. Until next week, I'm your host, Mike Mann, reminding you... It's a trap! That's right, Gail. It's a trap. And now, back to the guys over at Faking Star Wars Radio. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Mike Mann. That's Darth Eckham for Channel Star Wars, uh, giving us the news. Uh, a lot to talk about their IG. It's been a busy, busy couple of weeks in Star Wars news. But I was uh, really interested to hear about the backstory coming uh, for Snoke in the way of the comic books. Now, Fans were absolutely irate when Snoke was killed off very unceremoniously. I think that probably had a lot to do with the rage that has fueled social media recently. What do you think? Well, it's definitely a part. Um, I personally didn't have an issue with Snoke dying and Kylo killing him, but yeah, with no backstory, you like you can't set up a character like that who's so integral to everything that's happening in the universe and then not provide some detail. It was really it's sad and pathetic to me to watch Ryan Johnson struggling in this quagmire, uh, the new environment that we find ourselves as Star Wars fans, trying to justify that decision by pulling from the classic original trilogy moves where uh, the Emperor himself was killed off in Return of the Jedi with nary a backstory. And for him, trying to draw that parallel as a, as a director and cinematographer and, and, and film person might have made sense. But I don't think he was sensitive enough to the way social media has changed fans' perceptions of the media itself. I think that argument goes beyond social media to um, just the thing that, like, the Emperor was only brought in, like, in the flesh in the last movie. He wasn't set up from the very beginning. Yeah. Right. The main yeah, the main villain was Vader, not the Emperor. The Emperor was just a shadowy figure in the background of an otherwise um unexplored government. You didn't really need to know a lot about him to understand the story. Sure. Whereas here, Snoke's behind the rise of the First Order and you need to know 
how he did that. You do kind of need to know how Kylo Ren himself fell, right? I mean, he's just thrown in there as a dark figure, assuming Snoke had all of it, you know, it was bore the brunt of the blame. Then, you know, to have nothing at all, then I do think fans are justified a little bit to be, uh, to become, uh, you know, little rage monsters. Yeah, I, I dispute the rage monster thing. I'd prefer if people took a more balanced approach to this. But this it, coming from an assassin droid who just goes nuts. Yeah, well, the I just passionately danger. murder people. It's, it's right. not in rage. <laughs> you just like so, to get it done well. Yeah, I just. Um, I think the the issue is without explaining Snoke, you know so much less about Kylo. Yeah, and Kylo's the focus. So explaining uh, who turned him to the dark side is is an important detail. And, well, you don't have to focus on Snoke. You you have to give something at least for Kylo. Now, is it possible that we are actually going to get this, uh, you know, lusted after backstory in Episode Nine? And they knew that all the time. It was just going to come a little late. And so that's why they've been holding out and haven't made any public apologies um, no, th- this Jedi? is the Clone Wars all over again. It's the I same see. thing. Um, like it, because the Clone Wars is an animated series, explains a lot about Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars uh, prequels, and, and and does a really good job of it. Like I love, I love it as an as its own thing. But the problem is, is that because these directors and writers can't uh, piece together a coherent story, you need these extra media. Um, uh, outlets to explain things that really could have been addressed in the movie. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The other thing, uh, you know, is nice to hear from Pablo Hidalgo again. We've been in close contact the last few months, and he loves what we do here on the podcast and on the site uh, at large. Um, he pointed out that the New York was embossed into the hilt of the lightsaber in the ice cave on Hoth. Now, I, I thought that was common knowledge. I mean, why does he feel the need to kind of mansplain this obvious detail to the host, the, the whole host of Star Wars fans across the galaxy? I mean, does he have some sort of emotional need to feel like he noticed something that all of us already knew? I suppose so. Um I mean, this was a fairly, like, blatant point. I mean, it's it's quite prevalent in the movie. Like, I think yeah. literally no Star Wars fan would be uh, surprised or enlightened by that detail. I mean, people uh, have cosplayed as that New York embossing on the lightsaber for generations. Uh, it just struck me as a little self-indulgent and egotistical, so. Well, but we, we know that lightsabers are made in New York. That's canon. Yeah, that's canon. It's, right. it's not New York Earth. It's New York on Jeddah. Right, right. And um, sa- sadly, the facility was blown up by the Death Star uh, when they blew up that city. Well, uh, I have another treat for you. Uh, this is not something that came in our news roundup for the week, but um, a uh, a Scottish university has been doing experiments with seals um, at the University of St. Andrews. And they produced this video, and I'd like to play the sound for you. It's just quite remarkable. Are you ready, IG? Uh, I don't think anything could prepare me, so let's just do it. Well, that was kind of cute. Yeah, like, did they did they play the uh, theme song for him so many times that he just started to emulate it? Or yeah, I that, think you know once every note he got right, he got a fish, and so 
uh, eventually mm-hmm. he was able to put it together pretty well. He's uh, he's less tone deaf than you are. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, honestly, I, I thought it was you singing for a while, but like, well, um, would you put that on your cell phone as your ringtone? Uh, no, really. no. <laughs> well, there's some you know good things being done in the world of science, so we're definitely using our time as a species well. And that beautiful music means it's my favorite time of year, IG, when we can wear shorts to the office and spend all day faking as though we're being productive. Yeah, here, here. But hey, do you think this faking Star Wars t-shirt is appropriate uh, business casual or is it too casual? What do I know? I'm wearing a faking Star Wars t-shirt too. Always two there are. Now, back to being productive. It is time to play Duel of the Fakes. And this edition is guaranteed to trigger someone, since it's entirely dedicated to people getting angry about Star Wars. Triggered! (laughs) Exactly. Jokes aside, here's how the game works. I'm going to rattle off three supposedly fake Star Wars news stories, and IG needs to figure out which one is only pretending to be fake. Uh, I play best when triggered, so I've got a good feeling about this. Then let's get to it. My super productive colleague in short shorts and a t-shirt. Feel free to play along at home, especially if you're in business casual attire just like us. All right, IG, get your thinking cap on. The first story, EA Electronic Arts' upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order video game caused mass outrage on social media for its perceived anti-droid narrative, which has been characterized as disabilist. Specifically, the developers at Respawn have come under fire for omitting dismemberment and beheadings in the game of any sentient beings, except for droids. You can hack and slash them to pieces, which reeks of a double standard, according to its vocal online critics. So, hmm. A little bit of a, you know, L- L7. Was that her name from uh, Han Solo? L3 something. L3, I always forget. Um, And that's just my microaggression against her anyway, uh, as a sentient uh, revolutionary droid who wants uh, civil rights. It's okay to have (laughs) macroaggression against that character. All right, and here's uh, story number two. Um, So this comes uh, on the heels of the announcement from Lucasfilm of the new president of live-action Star Wars production. Um, that uh, people announced how pissed they were left and right uh, and just overturned Twitter um, when Michelle Reshwan uh, was announced as the uh, the head of um, Lucasfilm Live Production. Huh. So. Well, I mean, I don't know her personally. Has she done something before that was uh, awful? Well, I don't want to give you too many hints, and I'm not actually, frankly, too acquainted with her, so... All right. Well, fair enough. And the third story, which might be fake, but it could also have pissed someone off. A recent issue of the comic book miniseries Star Wars Vader Dark Visions was accused of misogyny for its depiction of an obsessive imperial nurse. The comic book, written by Dennis Hopeless Halem, follows a nurse who grows romantically obsessed with Darth Vader, believing that the two have a deep love connection. The story ends tragically with Vader stabbing the woman through the heart. 
before requesting someone come get this trash out of my quarters. Immediately, the book was accused of promoting violence against women, despite the fact that Vader is known for killing men, women, children, pretty much anyone in the galaxy that gets in his way. He can kill anything but sand. Yeah. So let me recap the three stories that you're intensely probing uh, with your prodigious mind, IG. Remember, one of them is a fake fake pretending to be real, which triggers fakers everywhere. You've got people pissed at the new EA Star Wars game for being anti-droid since you can chop their limbs off, but no other sentient beings. Okay. You've got people absolutely exploding in rage at Lucasfilm for appointing um, Raywan head of live productions. And lastly, you've got people pissed at a comic book for portraying Darth Vader as a misogynist who will totally kill a hoe for crushing on him. What's it going to be, IG? Oh. Okay, uh, I don't... I. I... I don't think number one is true because in games, especially like the um, games like uh, uh, Fallen Order, uh, like hacking and slashing things, I'd, I'd imagine they it's part of the game. I imagine they'd be more angry they couldn't hack and slash other NPCs. Uh, I totally see. I'm sorry, Michelle Reshwan, you said was her name? Reshwan, yes. Yeah, I, I, I assume that any time Disney or Lucasfilm appoints anyone, that people will be upset by it. So um, mm -hmm. that 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 sounds like it could be true. And, um, uh, of course, I haven't read the the book um, about Vader, so I don't know if that's like something that just isn't in existence at all. Right. Um, but I could see people being kind of upset that he stabbed a girl who like that. It reminds me of like a Harley Quinn story. Get this garbage but, out of my quarters. Yeah, um, but then I could totally see like that's in Vader's character to do that, but that of course wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't. I don't know. He wouldn't say get this trash out of my quarters. That that's not a Vader line. But you know, who knows how they're writing it? Um, I could see people being angry about that because it's not really about Vader's character. It's just about being angry. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with number two. Uh, I think people are angry about, uh, Michelle Reshwan. It, it makes sense. It follows through other things that have happened. So I'm going to go that. That's my, that's my decision. Final number answer. Two. Well, number Final two, answer. number two had a grain of truth as there were Damn about it. four people who were butthurt about her appointment I, I think I saw on Twitter but there hasn't been any overwhelming movement to boycott Star Wars or you know, a, a wave of rage against her. Um, the last story however is absolutely true. Um, I've seen the comic itself and that line get this trash out of my quarters as Vader coldly and blithely stabs her through the heart with his lightsaber is right there in the middle. I mean in terms of Lucasfilm trying to present a more balanced uh, view of the galaxy in terms of civil rights and equity for women, this was uh, this scene was oddly out of place. Hmm. Well, it, as I said, that doesn't sound like a line Vader would say. I, I think he would be horribly upset at someone making sexual advances towards him. So. Uh... For, for so many reasons. Well, it's nice to know that things like this, these tiny details of character consistency, slip through the cracks of the Lucasfilm story group headed by Pablo Hidalgo Yo taco, while he's spending his time on the important issues of embossing on the hilts of lightsabers in 40-year-old movies. Oh, yeah, yeah.
So. Uh, no, wait. No, I mean, that's, it, it's, as I said, you know, uh, that's just canon, you know. Uh, lightsabers are made in New York Jetta. Clearly, I'm comparing apples and oranges here, of course. Well, that's yeah. Duel of the Fakes. Sadly, IG, I don't think you've won in the last, like, ten episodes. Um, no, I've we, won, like, one this season. It, yeah, uh, maybe one. We may have to bring in some younglings or something to help you out because this is just really getting pathetic. As much as I would love to slaughter younglings, it's not going to cheer me up. <laughs> maybe you need some of your patented barbecue sauce. Ooh, youngling sauce. There you go, because I know <laughs> that's always always improved my mood. So. Yeah. Galactic Fake! IG69 is live on location with a hot news report. IG? Thank you, Storm Duper. I'm standing here on the steps of the Galactic Civil Courthouse here on Bespin to report on the landmark ruling in the ongoing case of Sue v. Ray. As you know, back in 2015, one Mary Sue levied charges of intellectual property infringement against the desert scavenging orphan from Jakku. Sue claimed that the long list of instantaneously acquired or unlikely abilities that Ray possessed was a blatant ripoff of Sue's own inexplicable expertise of any skill that she finds convenient, and sought 100,000 quarter portions in damages. Both parties refused legal aid and represented themselves before the court, despite having no legal expertise or training whatsoever. The ensuing trial has been referred to as one of the most epic and hard-fought legal cases in galactic history. Legal experts from across the galaxy have made regular pilgrimages to the courthouse to learn from these two nearly perfect beings. Today, however, Justice Binks ruled that there was significant evidence that Ray was indeed copying Miss Sue and cited her development of force use from non-existent to master over a two-week period with no instruction, her knowledge of Shirawook, and a lack of a single character flaw. However, he has deferred his judgment until the um, release of The Rise of Skywalker, stating that if Ray has not developed a proper character by then, he will award Miss Sue the damages. And that's the uh, that's wow. the ruling from here on Bespin Storm Duper. What do you think of that? It's a really compelling legal case. I've I've heard that this is uh, you know not the only one of its kind. No, in fact, uh, they just spawned a series of copycat cases, uh, in court, uh, including um, Puffin v. Porg, R two D two v. BB eight, Poppins v. Leia, and Shag Carpet v. Chewbacca. Oh boy, I don't know who I would who I would uh, put the odds on for. Uh, um, Poppins v. Leia. That sounds like it might be a no contest. Well, uh, Mary Poppins has stated that um, Leia totally ripped off her shtick, and uh, she definitely wants some royalties. International property, intellectual property, is really becoming an issue in the galaxy, and uh, I can see how Star Wars is really going to have to change legally. Um, if you are out there in the galaxy, and this news story has kind of struck a chord with you, and you are in some legal troubles of your own, Faking Star Wars offers an exclusive deal with Better Call Mall. The call is free. 1-800-AT-LAST-YOU-WILL-HAVE-YOUR revenge are you an amputee ask about our amputee discount so you know thank you for uh, the story uh, ig we really appreciate it and um if you are out there again better call mall he's standing by to help you out of your legal fiasco thank you storm Cooper. it's time to talk about uh a uh, poll that we had on twitter this week um and this was a uh, really interesting um willie bobo uh, who you can follow at Faking Star Wars on Twitter asked, 
Why did J.J. Abrams' script for The Rise of Skywalker make Carrie Russell cry? You might recall Carrie Russell is acting in the new movie, Episode Nine, The uh, Rise mm. of Skywalker. Here are your choices, IG. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Okay. It's terrible. It's really a clover field. Or it's printed on onion paper. Uh, uh, honestly, my guess was that she actually got hit by it and therefore cried. Um, so I'm going to go, it's made of onion paper. I think that's the, the best response. And actually, that is the narrow winner. 32% of the vote coming in uh, printed on onion paper, followed by 28% for It's Terrible, 22% It's Beautiful, and 18% It's Really a Cloverfield. You know, onion paper could actually be a good, clever tactic by Lucasfilm to make it difficult to copy the scripts to Star Wars films. I know that that's something they've worked on and developed uh, in the past, uh, you know, red paper or other means of trying to keep it impossible to copy screenplays. Onion paper could be the wave of the future to prevent thievery and fakery. Uh, plus, uh, you can always use it to make soup. Great point, great point. And, you know, some of those prequel scripts, I think, would have made a better vegetable onion soup than in film, so. I think they were made by a vegetable. <laughs> Okay, so a uh, very interesting poll there, IG, and it's time to actually announce now our uh, Twitter photo caption contest winner. Um, Willie Bobo had posted a photo of um, Anthony Daniels uh, wearing just the torso of his C-3PO costume posed rather daintily upon a green-screened um, kind of cardboard seat in a green screened room. It's a really interesting photo. Um, and we got a few replies to uh, for our offer for free stickers, but the overwhelming winner, sadly, is actually associated with the site. Darth Eckham, who's a bit of a Photoshop wizard, posted several interesting responses. One of them had uh, Anthony perched atop a little... Um, pony kind of like a my little pony doll uh side saddling it another had him uh perched actually on his car as he drove into the sunset somewhat romantically and chivalrously and the last one was anthony daniels sitting atop the speeder luke speeder from a new hope so we'd like to thank darth eckham for playing you get a participation ribbon but sadly because of the galaxy's uh nepotism laws we cannot award you with any stickers um but keep your eyes posted on faking star wars at on twitter for new uh caption contests that we're going to be rolling out on the reg i would like to also ask that in future um you know put some pants on c3po like we didn't need to see uh yeah, we didn't need well, to see all of that. If if truth be told, and all the rumors, uh, you know, are are uh, you know uh, hold water. There's not much to be seen down there anyway. It, it wasn't much, but it was still disturbing. Right, right. So sometimes nothing is worse than something. So anyway, um, thanks for playing, Darth Eckham, and uh, hopefully we get a little bit more uh, participation in this contest next time. It is not a fake contest. We will send you the crap if you win. Well, IG, it's time to talk about really what we came here for. You know, um, I am a social media guru. I've been tweeting basically since I was born and in Imperial training. They uh, instructed us very intensely on how to use uh, social media and galactic communication tools. Um, it's something that I'm very well acquainted with. But the question still remains, you know, in this day and age, 
has social media and this just onslaught of news, has it ruined Star Wars for good? Um, just get a, you know, out of the gates. What do you think, IG? Well, as you know, I'm a social media hermit, um, preferring to have virtually no contact with it at all whenever possible. You're the Tauntaun equivalent of a social media user, I would say. I don't know what that even means. Well, you're just kind of there and it's all, you know, people are just, uh, you know, people are like, my Tauntaun will freeze to death before he hits the first tweet. I mean, you're, you're, you're pathetic. I mean, the chances of you successfully delivering a tweet uh, are about, you know, uh, 3,027 to one. I mean, uh, never tell me the odds, um, <laughs> but I'd say it's even, even more remote than that. Um, but okay. So, uh, well, do you do you remember? Well, obviously, like we both remember a time before social media. I am old enough to remember the days of yore when you had to get your Star Wars news from like magazines or Star Wars fan clubs, mm-hmm. and even that mm-hmm. was very specious information, very difficult to rely upon. But okay, you remember like the, the when the prequels came out and um, people started getting upset about those. Right. The Force.net and Naboo.com, yeah. those were my two go-tos back in the day. Right, like, but it was like they were sites um, and not a lot of opinion. I mean, there were some chat rooms. Um, yeah, there's some chat boards here we, and there. We didn't you know? have an outlet for instantaneous rage and criticism. So mostly we just you know, talked to our friends about it and, and, and our opinions never went further than that. So you're saying so, that not everybody had a megaphone. Right, uh, but now everyone has a megaphone, so you get to hear what everyone used to just think. So you're you're actually saying that nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is that we're just hearing what was already there. Oh, no, I think other things have changed. Uh, specifically, I think it's not so much that social media has changed people's opinions. I think it's more that social media has given an outlet but also um, it has incorporated in culture and political wars into franchises that should not really engage in those things. I would agree with you that it has changed you know, the way the Star Wars uh, is marketed and uh, produced even. I mean, if you look at the uh, access that, that we have, strangely enough, there's many more ways of disseminating information, but we have much less access to the production itself than we did um, you know, 35, 40 years ago. I can remember a time when I just strolled on set of The Empire Strikes Back with the edits I had just made for the scene that I had written in hand and passed them off to uh, Irving Kirshner, and there was nary a security guard there to stop me in Norway. Oh, God, no. Um, I mean, those security guards were, like, just lazy. Yeah, I know. I was one of them. <laughs> Nowadays, I mean, uh, to get a glimpse of anything on set, uh, you just have to, uh, I mean, it's like winning the lottery. So that has changed the way Star Wars is produced. And in a way, um, I think it's alienated fans because uh, there's a perceptible uh, distance between the movies and fandom. I mean, we know these things are made kind of in an invisible vacuum. And I think that might be the reason why they're a little bit sterile, a little bit cold, um, at times possibly stupid or just off kilter and not appropriate. Uh, 
I think that the a large part of the hatred and the uh, or not the hatred, but like I think a large part of the big debate and the toxicity of it um, has less to do with Star Wars itself than it does with larger social issues that are ongoing in many areas. So this is not specific to Star Wars. I mean, you could kind of you could sort of find this trend, I guess, when it comes to other properties. I mean, Game of Thrones and the way it was received in its final season also very inflammatory. A lot of fans said that the whole thing was ruined because of the way they dealt with the uh, the story and character in that property. I think it would have to be like um, it's the scale of the property, and Star Wars is one of the largest. Um, franchises out there with one of the largest fan bases out there so it, i think it's just uh that it's so much more noticeable with star wars than it would be with something like oh uh, i don't know um well okay like like okay game of thrones a small little independence popular, film but, like yeah, Endgame or something like that you're saying well, yeah like i mean there's no hatred going out there for the fifth element i mean but it was a great movie but yeah. <clears throat> but aside from that like you you would ha uh well okay no actually I think if you took a look at the Marvel movies I think you're going to find a very similar issue. I don't know and if I, I agree if you, with you. I thought well, that the Marvel that, films navigated that quagmire sort of by uh, opening things up a little bit. I mean, it seemed like the films, like I know people that, uh, you know, visited the film set that were there to watch the filming itself. And social media engagement was just a little bit more positive. It gave fans something to look forward to. Whereas with Star Wars, since the production is so tight lipped. It, it kind of has sort of an us and them feel, and that doesn't go very well on the Internet. The Internet is a democratizing force, and we use it as a tool of resistance against the empire. Well, I, I think I think you're wrong on that in the sense of uh, like Captain Marvel or Black Panther or things where to like or dislike that movie means that you've taken a political side. And I okay. think that's an unfortunate reality. I would agree. Okay, so let's say you know there were twenty-two Marvel films in that universe. Maybe they, maybe they, uh, you know, hit a foul ball on two or three of them for it's, those it's political not the reasons. It's not the quality of the movie itself that's in question or debated. It, it well, I mean, because if you try and take a reasonable approach to that, um, you get you get wrapped up in, um, a, well, you bite off more than you can chew because you're effectively discussing politics, not. The quality of the movie um, and if you try and just have a dispassionate argument about that you're going to end up with a lot of anger from one side or the other um, what and, would you say to the theory that you know fortunate. a lot of this fan anger uh, it could be sort of neurotic self-hatred uh, we'll have to get Dr. Wilhelm Bobo Freud on to ask him his opinion on that topic I guess later um, this season but you know is it possible that uh, the Star Wars community at large, in terms of the, the vitriol and hatred, specifically, specifically towards The Last Jedi, I would say, um, is it possible that this is kind of erupting out of a sort of post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, you know, possibly masked over um, from the past? You know, Star Wars fans had a lot of pain after waiting, uh, you know, 15 years for the release of the prequels and then being colossally disappointed. Is it possible that that pain sort of, you know... Uh, 
you know, dripped down and was absorbed into the cells of their very being and became like a midichlorian. And in this sense, not a way of connecting fans with the force, but instead with the fear and rage that they had with Star Wars. And then that's just now being revealed and expressed again uh, a generation later. So we really well, I, have this sort of mediachloronic effect in the way Star Wars has influenced social media and the emotions of its devoted fans. Well, I, I think the fans, like the fans, how the fans have issues with the writing of these movies because the writing, like since since the original trilogy, the the writing has been awful. I mean, the the original trilogy has flaws, but they're minor. Um, the the prequels and the sequels have like just astounding flaws, but the debate gets hijacked by politics um, and therefore is not, um, we're no longer discussing the movie itself. We're discussing uh, whose side you're on. Are you, are you pro one camp or the other, which is very disappointing because uh, while I do love space politics, I'm not as big a fan of real politics. And I would rather they didn't interfere with my enjoyment of a franchise. But, you know, the the, the directors and the uh, producers are putting ham-fisted social commentary into, into the movie, which produces um, inflammatory debate around the movie. Hmm. And suddenly hmm. the discussion isn't about okay was was something effective or not it's about it's about do you support the one agenda or another agenda or and and it just makes it almost impossible it, it makes it not fun to be a fan of it so there so you know that's a very yeah. interesting i mean i would say uh so you're really advocating i i was sort of going the uh avenue of the repressed rage and hatred uh route in terms of trying to explain at least what we find on social media as it connects to star wars but you seem to have developed your own theory that i'm going to coin as the politiclorian uh theory um yeah, so that the politiclorian sort of have uh, allowed these star wars fans to express their hatred um in virtue of the other kind of effects that the political commentaries uh, bring up. Now, I, I do th I do think you have a point. I mean, the the new batch of Star Wars films, I don't think you can really uh, make, I don't think there's an argument that they are more politically savvy. Um, however, think about, uh, think about how the uh, Imperials uh, were portrayed in the original trilogy in terms of the um, parallels you could draw with Nazis. Okay. Yeah, but they're just... Okay, but there's space Nazis, and whether you're on the right or left of an argument, everyone agrees Nazi bad, right? Like, it was low-hanging fruit, um, and maybe that makes the Empire a little bit less interesting as an organization because it's just very generically uh, evil and a ripoff of so something not, that the world is basically So it's not necessarily then that the, uh, is, that the uh, yeah, new yeah. trilogy is political. Um, it's that it's political in a too narrow a way that it isolates and alienates people who may not care, who might vomit at the thought of caring about politics at all, or right. people who have divergent views with that of the director. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. If you have a strong political opinion, uh, there is a hundred percent chance that half of the world is going to, uh, completely hate you and, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, indemnify you because of that view. 
Disney sure. must know this. I mean, why go for half the pie when you can eat the whole thing? Well, I mean, I, I do dream of a day when a movie can alienate a hundred percent of the audience. Um, that would be a that would be like just amazing. But um, I, I think we've already been there with point, the uh, Attack only, of the Clones, um, right? We can only you know do so much with with today's technology. We can only alienate half. Okay, um, so let's yeah. let's talk uh, solutions here. I mean, it's clear that hatred has um, it's just been an insouciant um, metastasis in the Star Wars fan community. It's affected social media uh, so much. Where do we go from here as a loving community of fans who's trying to preserve the fun in Star Wars. I mean, I know there are at least three or four other people out there in the galaxy who have views like us. Perhaps, you know, I mean, I don't know what the odds are on that, but, you know, I don't like to be told those anyway. Um, but I think, say, like, I think, I think one of the issues, like, okay, social media is basically allowed the entire world or a very large chunk of it to have a simultaneous conversation. And if you're with 10 people with disparate views, you're going to have a very noisy, raucous conversation about things. Um, and when you make it into millions, it, you, you get this. So, yeah, I'm going to say that social media does necessarily like it plays a big role in um, making the conversation incoherent, loud and um, fake. Uh, fake, yeah, uh, where we're not talking about the things we're talking about. Um, but that's just the, it's just because it accessed that many numbers. It's like if we were, if, if you took a bunch of like millions of people, stuck them in an auditorium with the actual megaphones, you'd have about the same level of clarity. It, it it seems to me that we're at a crisis point. I mean, this is sort of the. Um... The Event Horizon for Star Wars. Uh, it, Ooh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's it's obvious that fans are upset by the way Star Wars has been portrayed and discussed in social media. Um, you find yourself falling into it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been on Twitter and just haven't been able to go to bed because I need to tweet that response to that person who gave a critique of The Last Jedi, and I have to put them in their place. Um, that's very important to me as a human. Um, and so, you know, I think that I think that uh, Disney at least needs to uh, sort of, you know, operationalize this. Let's call it what it is. It's a syndrome. OK, um, yeah. it's it's uh, it's an unhealthy, unhealthy situation, psychosocially, uh, maybe um, maybe therapy. You know, um, Disney has a huge theme park and possibly uh, they could install uh, some kind of a, a therapy um, turnstile system. You know, I'm imagining uh, taking the plans for like the for milking cows where they enter in, they go around the circle in 90 seconds and are milked and then exit through the same way they came in possibly we could take these uh enraged fans and do the same thing march them into the disney uh rage turnstile uh they get hit in the head possibly with uh you know a little love hammer and they walk out completely copacetic and incapable of inflaming any rage about star wars in the future 
Well, I think your idea there has significant merit, and I would definitely know a certain psychologist who would be interested in that proposition. Great, um, great. However, in re in reality, um, yeah, it's it is what it is, and that's just uh, the way it's going to be. Well, well, we're well. This current incarnation of social media exists. We're going to have this atmosphere, um, and and the thing is that the technology is there now that we're all yelling at each other and almost almost anonymously, and that's it doesn't bring out the best in human nature. And this isn't hmm. surprising, or it's not a change in who we are as a people. It's just given people the opportunity to be who we are or always were. Hi, G. That um, is a, a that is an actually. I mean, that is a really surprising, genteel, and astute point that you have made. Um, you know what is going to happen to our human nature as a result of hating Star Wars so much? Well, nothing, because if there wasn't Star Wars, we'd have found something else. Yeah. And, and, we, and we do. I mean, um, I, I happen to be a fan of a lot of things not just star wars and yeah really oh gosh get out of here man has the same issue and it's the same thing being said across um star wars has a reputation of being ex like especially toxic but i think that's played up quite a bit mm -hmm. and if you take a look at like it as a percentage of of the total fan base it's probably no more or less than any other fan base. It just happens to be a very well-known one. And this, and okay, also blaming the toxic fan group is something that the, uh, the producers, directors, Disney, they've also done Lucasfilm that as sort of a way of you does know, pushing it off their shoulder. Their shoddy products, not and recognizing the, right now, the real problem, getting shoddy products, yeah. which should incite actual like customer dissatisfaction but then it gets wrapped up in these irrelevant political debates, and then you can't even see their main issue. And they're just like, "Oh, it's not our problem. It's just that you're all a bunch of weirdos, and you're yeah, all yeah. you're all a bunch of man babies." Well, well, hey, look, IG. As a guy uh, I mean, I get what your you're product, saying. IG, I would just like a well-made product. So, fine. Um, and I again, I don't go on social media and tweet my opinion to the world because I mean, yep. I don't care who knows it. Or, and I don't care what other people's opinions are, but if that's what you want to do, fine. But it's it's not changing the fact that Hollywood in general is 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 kind of producing garbage these days, and it's not it's not a satisfying product as a consumer. And I really really want to like it, so stop blaming social media for um, why your movies aren't doing well when you let people write incoherent stories. Help me, IG69. You are my only hope. You know, maybe the thing that we do need is to all just put down our smartphones, sign out of our accounts, and just merely watch Star Wars 
disaffected and uh, unattached from the mire of uh, of hatred that can accompany it this day and age. But you know what? I just don't think that's going to happen until things get worse. If you ask me the truth, I really believe we are on a collision course. In the next few years, you are going to see Star Wars fans killing each other um, left and right uh, for their disparate opinions. I even would predict uh, the equivalent of sort of a Star Wars fan UFC league being started, especially at least in the United States here where it's already sanctioned. Um, So look for that on pay-per-view. I wouldn't even be shocked if Disney got into the action and tried to foment this a little bit because those pay-per-view tickets and events, they bring in a lot of money. I have heard rumors even that Conor McGregor himself has been uh, prepping for that eventuality by watching the Star Wars films and trying to learn. And I don't think it's a secret that The Last Jedi was filmed on Octo. So this seems like the way we're headed, IG. And, you know, it really makes me angry that people will not get on Twitter and start calling attention to this. And it seems like everybody just wants to uh, get on there and have fun and talk about this. But this is a really serious issue. And people need to accept it. And they need to stop taking Star Wars to be something fun and enjoyable. It's work. I have been sitting here podcasting about Star Wars for at least the last uh, hour and a half. And it is serious. This is a real deal here. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. You might know me from such blockbuster films as Sushi Girl, Reeseville, The Giver, or The Big Red One. But I'm not here today to talk to you about films. I'm here today to talk to you about an exciting opportunity. For about 70 cents, you can buy a cup of coffee. For about 70 cents, you can buy a pack of gum. Or, for about 70 cents a day, you can contribute to Hamill's Last Jedi Hater Relief Fund. Last Jedi haters everywhere across the globe are in need of social media accounts, internet bandwidth, pizza, and beard trims to help keep their steady wave of vitriol about The Last Jedi flowing daily. Just look at Jerry. Jerry lives in his mom's basement, hasn't changed his underwear in four days, and doesn't even own a proper keyboard. He posts all his negging hate about The Last Jedi, From a Gateway 2000 running Windows 99. Can't you help, Jerry? Remember, it's only 70 cents a day, and you can be sure that people like Jerry will always be heard about how much The Last Jedi sucks. I'm Mark Hamill, and I approve this message. Faking Star Wars Listener Mail. Uh, IG, it's time for Listener Mail. We have a, yeah, I know. We have a few great uh, uh, letters today that we've received here in the studio. The first one comes to us from Jake Skywalker, uh, who's at Filthy Junk Trader with no E, Filthy Junk Trader on Twitter. And uh, Jake writes, will you play Lego Star Wars for Nintendo Switch with me? I think that's directed at you, IG. Uh, It's on Nintendo Switch? It is. 
It's coming out huh, soon. Okay. I think 2020. I, I uh, did you not see version. the uh, video showing the gameplay? I have not seen uh, his video showing the gameplay, but uh, I've played Lego Star Wars for PlayStation. So it's so... going to be revamped. They're redoing uh, combat. It's not one mm-hmm. hit, one kill anymore. Uh, you know, villains have hit points, and it's just a little bit more elaborate in terms of what you can do. And you get to play every uh, every Star Wars film. Well, uh, that that was already kind of the way it was. I mean, the the bosses had hit points, and the uh, but the the normal guys do just like Lego figures; they just break. Right. But they respawn instantly. So yeah, that's true. I think. I mean, from what I saw, it looked like it preserves sort of that, um, you know, the pull your heartstrings sort of uh, comfortable nostalgic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But it does push it a little bit more in terms of what the Switch is capable of doing with its processing and uh, interactivity. So I think it's going to be a big hit. It looks like a lot of fun. Hmm. Well, because I recently got a Switch, but I didn't know the uh, Star Wars Lego was coming out for it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, however, would not play uh, Nintendo Switch with anybody because I do not play video games at all. Yeah, it's weird. It's like I can't. I'm not on Twitter, and you don't play video games. It's just collectively. Bizarre. If you took the bad half of both of us, you'd end up with the least interesting podcast in the Star Wars universe. Oh God, <laughs> I think we're we're almost there already. But we're yeah. at we're at number <laughs> two in that category. We're really pining hard. Um, yeah. The next letter comes to us from Aubrey Max, who is at Leah Peach 19 on Twitter. And Aubrey Max uh, says, uh, the current outrage about how you can't cut limbs off of humanoid em- humanoid enemies in the last in the Jedi Fallen Order game, but you can with droids is hilarious. Sorry, nerds, but Disney won't allow an M-rated Star Wars game. Uh, Not really a question, uh, yeah. but a, a great observation and comment. Um, I mean, I like the fact that uh, Aubrey finds the outrage hilarious. I like to scoff at those who care deeply about something that they feel they're losing. See, that brings me back to Duel of the Fakes. The outrage isn't that you can hurt droids, just that you can't hurt people. There's a lot of equal opportunity <laughs> murder sense. here and amputation, right? <laughs> well, when you play those games, like, you want to cut everything. You know? Of like, course. Yeah. You know, you... You, you you turn your character into just a little mileless bastard. It's just I like, mean, just literally, who scrunch. wants a video game that perfectly models reality, right? I mean, like, yeah. even the games like GTO, I mean, like, the whole point was that you can get out of your car, grab some random stranger, and beat the ever-living Bantha Fudo out of them, and nothing's going to happen. Like... I don't understand. Well, no, like, you get star ratings. You have to go. Re- you do have to respray paint your car. Right, right. Oh, so that's that's a heavy cost. <laughs> you have to, you know, uh, change your oil and and rotate your yeah. tires. Right, right. Yeah, nobody wants realism in video games. It. I mean, I think that's why the Switch is doing so well, really, because it is a little bit more fantastic in terms of how well, the games as, play. As I said, I just I, like I got one maybe a month ago, and uh-huh. it's a really good little system um like i haven't i haven't played like one of the portable consoles since game boy one hmm. like the first um one and it's like why it's basically like a movie player like it, it's a mini tv it's it's well, got IG, really high might, definition graphics this really might good. be the thing um, that hooks you into social media because i i know on good authority that willie bobo and link vox a million who are the two pillars of um organization here at faking star wars in charge of everything they're both avid switch players themselves so well 
I don't connect it to the internet though. <laughs> <laughs> you have a switch and you don't have, have an internet I've account. I've never with it? connected any of my game systems to the internet. That's like buying a helicopter without the propeller on top. Single player options. Here, I'm just gonna buy this expensive helicopter, not put any gas in it, <laughs> not put the not put the blade I, on it, I and just, just sit it in on it. Because I love being in in hot, crammed places that don't move at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, I love you. I love you. Yeah, it's. I, I'm awful. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, we got one more. This is uh, from There Is Another on Twitter who asks us, without social media, how would we be noticed for all our crying and tantrum throwing? Social media gives us an audience to shower us with pity that our childhood has been ruined by Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy. Ooh, he definitely doesn't like to leave sleeping dogs lie. My goodness. Nope. Oh. I do hate that argument, though. Like, um, I, I hate the hyperbolic, it ruined my childhood. And I mm. also hate the hyperbolic, like, it's perfect. Like, right. I, I hate the dialogue going around these movies. I like The Last Jedi, and I completely agree with every critic's um, breakdown of it. I, you know, I've watched the stuff that Mahler's put out on it, and I, I mean, of course, oh my I God, read all the Twitter stuff. And I've... yeah, there are some major flaws of the movie, but I still really, really enjoyed it. Oh no! But the, the thing is, um, I what I liked about his point is it's okay to like something that is objectively bad, and I do like many things that are objectively bad. For example, Pokemon Go. Yeah, you know what. You just you just go to hell. <laughs> um, but like, I, I like I do like um, I I've like games, movies. I like f- types of food um, that are just awful when you think about it. Um, and the fact that I like something doesn't mean it's good. That's true. Is it, and and I liked many aspects of the Last Jedi. I appreciated a lot of what they did. I thought they executed it poorly, and obviously there are numerous issues with the uh, with the storyline, um, plot, writing, and that's a fact. It's just a fact. That's just the way it is. Call me crazy, IG, but this whole thing might be people externalizing some deep-seated emotional trauma from being younger and having their likes criticized by their peer groups, you know. Um, I can remember, like, for example, saying that uh, I liked fruit roll-ups and all the other kids laughing and pointing and spitting on me and telling me that, no, 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 they're very inferior to fruit wrinkles. I think that's what you're finding here. People are so, I have so precious and that. fragile about no, what they like and it is so important to them that everyone agrees and you know what i don't understand it i always thought like it was cool when i liked things that other people didn't understand or didn't appreciate actually i would say that the fact that i'm so aware now of how popular star wars is in a way that kind of pisses me off i liked it when it was like not so cool and you might see one star wars shirt a month now you go to a bar and half the guys there are wearing star wars shirts okay. now i mean i'm not saying that yeah. lessens the experience for me but i had absolutely no problem liking something that other people's don't other people don't give a crap about oh no 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 i i do think um that back to the social media discussion this this whole thing comes around to one 
the conversation gets hijacked by ideology. I, I definitely think that that is a facet. Um, and two, um, people also, well, we're having this mass discussion with millions of people. People can't handle it when someone says that thing you like isn't good. No one, no one likes criticism. No one likes to be told that you like a crappy thing. But the fact is, we all like crappy things. And, and just sometimes be... criticism is valuable. When you talk about it face-to-face, there are rules of engagement, and we can discuss it calmly. So when are you, you suggesting that people should be civil? Unleash the people in anonymity to just run rampant. All of our social constructs break down, and we end up with the discussions we have. Well, And, and of course, people hijacking the discussion to prove a political point. I mean, the, these things, I, it, it's, it's a, it's a many headed Hydra that is social media to me. Of dissent and horror. All right. Well, thank you for your letters. If you, uh, if you are interested, you can send us more listener mail. I'm at storm duper on Twitter, or you can hit up uh, Willie Bobo at faking star Wars. who can uh, review your letters with a careful eye to vet them for quality, but we do love to read your comments on the air. So please don't be shy. And if you ever find me, you can discuss it to my face. That would be the day. Um, I'd love to get you to a con metal, one of these days, IG. <laughs> so, all right. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, I have kind of blown my social media load. I, I just don't have much in much more in the tank, IG. That's it for this week. Tell the listeners where they can find us if they want to burn us at the social media stake. Um, where are our head offices now? I mean, that's <laughs> hold on. You can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Faking Star Wars. I love how we just had an episode of how social media is ruining Star Wars and we spent four minutes giving all our social media details out. But don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. We don't just want you to it. listen to it. It's there if you for need God's it. sake, put the Twitter away. Yeah. Submit your questions for us on Twitter. Please use the hashtag FSWRadio and we'll be happy to read it. Um, also, very important, you can get official Faking Star Wars t-shirts and all kinds of other gear like stickers and mugs and jock straps at um, uh, our new uh, well, our, the new URL actually for our t-shirt site is http colon slash slash bit.ly b-i-t dot l-y slash f-s-w merch that's bit.ly FSW merch. We got in on the URL shortening front there. We're now so savvy. Um, also uh you can um, you can follow me on Twitter always at Storm Duper. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm I'm around in communities and real places, walking, talking. You should start your own discussion. I'm not going to say breathing. You know, I mean, a coffee shop, breathe. Star Wars discussion group, or something. Ig at least. Yeah, then, you know. Take some video, load it up to the site. I think people would love that. Uh, how about how about if you have a if you are another content creator out there on the. Uh, the the verse and you want to have a discussion just let us know and we'll be happy to go and do an interview with you guys absolutely and if you like what you hear and want to support us go ahead and visit patreon.com slash faking star wars 
sign up, sell your soul, and drink the Kool-Aid to become a patron. You support us fakers financially to make sure that we can pay our web fees. And also, you know that you're going to get a reward. For just as little as a buck a month, you're going to get some great faking Star Wars swag. Darth Taxus has just been deluged with it since he's joined at the fake Jedi Knight tier. Thank you, as always, Darth Taxus. One day he will become a fake Jedi Master. Yeah, we're going to have his little statue outside of uh, fakingstarwars.net, you know, like they have the Yoda mm-hmm. at Lucasfilm. Darth Taxus, yes. the greatest Patreon supporter of the Star Wars satire comedy site ever. He should come on sometime. Make him a guest. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to get him on. You know, we've talked a lot, and I, you know, he's busy with his own podcast as well. But uh, it's it's all in good time. You know. Have you written us a review yet? If not, please consider giving us a five star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. If you write a funny review, we may read it on an upcoming episode. And I personally recommend Stitcher. Hmm. You actually listen to us on Stitcher, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yeah, I love Stitcher. Stitcher has a lot of uh, interesting podcasts. Um, and if you type in faking, we are the number five choice on that. There's uh, there's Ooh, some great. other fakers out there. And uh, and uh, give them all a listen to, you know. It's, it's great to have in the background or if you're driving somewhere. Sure. As always, please stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for your daily quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to you and all of our followers for listening and following. Of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.